0: Smart for Life is a renowned health and wellness company specializing in delicious and nutritionally balanced snacks. Smart for Life's mission is to provide convenient options for health-conscious individuals. Their gourmet protein bars are a testament to the commitment to using high-quality ingredients and cutting-edge research to develop a nutritious and flavorful snack. It is a proven track record of helping people lead healthier lives through their innovative product line, backed by the expertise of their team of nutritionists and food scientists Whether you're following a specific diet plan or simply seeking a guilt-free treat, Smart for Life Gourmet Protein Bars cater to a wide range of dietary preferences, including vegan and vegetarian options, making them inclusive for a diverse range of consumers. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a busy professional, or a health-conscious individual, these bars fit seamlessly into your lifestyle, providing a convenient and nutritious snack solution. Smart for Life understands the importance of staying active and fit, which is why their gourmet protein bars are formulated to complement and enhance an active lifestyle. Whether you're engaging in intense workouts or just want a nourishing snack to keep you going through the day, these bars provide the necessary fuel for your active pursuits. Visit smartforlife.com and use promo code EMTL20 to receive 20% off your next order. That's EMTL20. Zero. Work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with Nux Active. Nux Active is high-performance activewear that doesn't compromise in the chic. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse, women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel positive planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. Nux Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery section and skin I just ordered the one-by-one bra and leggings in the color Rio. Not only is it gorgeous and bright, it makes me feel sexy and show off my brand new curves. Power through Pilates, strive for the extra rep in Nux Active. Run, don't walk over to NuxActive.com, that's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways. And as a gift to you, take 20% off your purchase with promo code EMOTIONAL 20 NUX. That's emotional20 NUX at checkout. Make positive moves with NUX Active. Kyle, this is so fun that we are doing a part two, because Mm -hmm. I guess it's not even a part two, but it's like a second part to our life. We've already learned so much
1: (laughs) talking before,
0: but I can't tell you how thrilled I am. Actually, I, I, I get excited to interview people because I like to talk and mostly I like to hear my own voice. Um, It's complete narcissism, but um, I am very excited to hear your voice today because I just, you have been through so much. And I almost like, I apologize for saying that because I know that that must be really annoying because... I've heard that before, and it's like, oh, you've been through so much. Like, how are you? How are you doing? It's like, Ugh, gross.
1: Like, I'm. Yeah, but fucking you could tell someone's you know, intent behind something.
0: Yeah, so I hope you can feel right. that. Like, I, I, I mean yeah. it in like a way. Like, holy shit! Like, this is so unique and such a special story that I feel like can impact so many people out there in the world um, who A, are going through what you're going through and B, maybe know someone or C, are just learning about this stuff. Um, I have ABCs in my head right now, that's why.
1: (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, new mom will permeate into everything that you do, I would imagine
0: for 19
1: years, maybe for about 19 years.
0: Probably longer, I'm telling you. And it's so annoying because, you know, I'll say this, on a side note there's someone that I met that's very 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 famous and he he was he's a father and I was expecting something very different when I met this person and he was talking in a very sing songy way. Cause he's with the kids all the time. And I was like, Oh wow. I was not expecting that coming out of you. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. You know like, exactly where kids. they're coming from. Yeah. And I was like, Oh kids, like it happens. Like it happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but Kyle, like what, a crazy moment in your life that you have been sure. going through and you had the craziest, gnarliest brain surgery and yeah. story behind it. Can you just like do a quick recap of yourself, like of what happened? on. Um, yeah,
1: I love that. Right. I love on that. season previous- one of, yeah. uh, <laughs> I will be a show canceled when contract negotiations come up, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just out here on the picket line for only my brain. I, the, uh, I, for for years and years, had a significant pain in my head that I attributed at first to dental neglect, which I call, you oh. know, 20s guy in in Brooklyn. Mm, and yep. it's not hard to be the cleanest of your friends at that no, point. No. And it ended up being something called trigeminal neuralgia, which is like a, a nerve disorder, a nerve disease that that takes that basically There's a nerve that exploded and is flailing around in my head. And it took me a long time to find out what it was. I kind of have a few sort of joke things. Like the first time a doctor told me officially what it was, he was like, you know, the reason you were misdiagnosed for five years was it's a disease that's predominantly in women over 55, and so I told the doctor, I'm like, it's menopause, isn't it? Like, you know, like a very – like, and he, you know, I, I could tell because I was being so short with my dog on the phone earlier. yeah. And he, you know, they just – it is it, – but it is predominantly in, you know, a demographic that I am not. Sure, sure. And doctors play like, I don't know, best case – you know, most – they like work with it what it probably is and work their way in. They're like, I'm not going to invest these resources in the rarest right. thing.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, So I had – years and years misdiagnosed this go I had teeth removed
0: just on a quick side note did you ever when you started feeling this this excruciating pain I'm someone that suffers um like chronic migraines and I have since I was like baby Mm -hmm. baby baby so while I can't understand the pain that you you were in of like why it's called the suicide disease I, I I can only imagine why I understand when it's like there's nothing left, you know, uh, with the pain and the constant, like, there's something about the head trauma and head issues that's on another level that people don't understand. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't believe you. It's
1: debilitating. It's totally debilitating. You can't get a. The sun will kill you.
0: Yes. And I'm sure there were so many people that diminished it, right? And that were like, there's no way this is all in your head. Like, it's all delusional. So it started five years ago. Was there something that triggered it that they think? Let me tell you how I'm getting my feet summer ready. Soft, sexy, and beautiful. I am using Babyfoot, the original foot peel. It's the number one selling foot peel in America with nearly 30 million sold worldwide. They offer a selection of DIY at home. Home treatment products that are quick and easy to use. And the foot peel is a professional grade product at a price that makes it affordable to a wide range of consumer. It has won many beauty awards over the years and the peels are made with 16 natural ingredients. The gentle process leaves skin undamaged while removing this dead skin to reveal the fresh, healthy layer beneath like a baby's foot. Baby foot qualifies as a clean product. They are also vegan, gluten-free, and cruelty-free. For my listeners go to www.babyfoot.com and use promo code emotional 20 for an exclusive 20% discount. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L-2-0.
1: There is, it's kind of impossible to tailor back to because who knows if some of the treat, it's, I got all these odd, odd treatments, these dental drillings, these shots in my head, these like nerve killing things. Um, everything from, I would call it like LA to Ojai, which is what I refer to as like a, a, a spectrum of medical treatment. And, um, I love that. Nothing, That's amazing. Like, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. LA more practical Western sure. to high, which you would be like more experimental Eastern. Yes. Um,
0: the woo woo medicine that I'm all about, but yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean it, I, I there's, there's a lot of things that have come out of it where I'm like a lot more, everything is one thing. Sure. Um, Eventually, the only way trigeminal neuralgia came into my head, sorry, as like even a thing that existed was my partner at the time Googling things. Wow. Which is like a doctor's worst nightmare. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you self-diagnosed yourself with the rarest disease and were right?
0: Yes. Fuck. Yes. like Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> but wow, it was literally truly just Googling. And that was One day she was life. just
1: like this. This sounds like what you have. Wow. And so, it, it, I, I would spend a lot of nights like on the kitchen floor because it was cold and flat, like weeping.
0: Why? Right. 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 And
1: it just hurt so bad. I couldn't be on any in a bed because it was too hot. Um, I, I was just trying to like numb. You know, yeah, when of you course. Think pain, pain, numbing. You want something colder. I went through all sorts of like. The, the breadth of the misdiagnosis and the um, this-will-take-care-of-it treatments yeah. was five years. Wow. Between dental, uh, orofacial, TMJ, uh, uh, endodontists, um, a lot of people giving me different antidepressants because they're SSRI blockers, and they mm-hmm. thought that could affect how nerves were coming in and out, and then a problem with any prescription. And did that
0: help at all? No.
1: Uh, it's it's good I it helped me find out I'm allergic to a couple medications, yeah, um, but aside from that, you know it, it, the problem with those is it's a six week up, yeah, and then a six week down. Oh, so you I know. wait, you go up six weeks, find out it doesn't help you. And then yep. they're like, oh, but you can't just stop. no, <laughs> like you have to ease yourself no, back off,
0: of course. There. what was the craziest, like most woo-woo thing that you you tried? Like what was the most oh hi, I would say.
1: I mean sort of like tipped acupuncture, like tipped like tipped acupuncture, um, um, sort of just like herbal rubs up inside the inside of my head. Yeah. Like whatever the the uh Q tip, you know, in through my ear application of yeah. of herb rubs and I think it was just a really hot, spicy thing sure. that was supposed mm-hmm. to like blow up the nerve forever. Right. Like throwing water on a downed electrical wire might right. kill it. Right, right, right. Um, Just all over the place. And, uh, you know, tarot reading, like stuff like that.
0: (laughs) And would it flare up like out of nowhere and you would be fine the next
1: day? Like, I I guess that's what I'm. At first it eased in and out where it would be like, I would have some days where I didn't feel anything.
0: Wow. And then
1: some days where it's like a 10. Right. And then it slowly turned to like a two to ten, two being the new floor and then five being the new floor and then eight was the floor right right. and so it was like i couldn't eat i was vomiting from the pain every day of course
0: because people don't understand when you have i mean when i get a migraine i'm throwing up all day long and because it's it's and and because it's the only sense of relief like i'm excited almost to throw up because it finally feels like there's some like tension relief that like happens
1: it's the only thing that feels like exhaling 100%.
0: When I was pregnant in my first trimester, I had the worst migraines I've ever had. And I've had them since I was little. And you can't take medication that you would be able to take, you know, in the first, I think it's like, Maybe I don't know. Don't quote me, but you can't take it, and so I didn't take anything. Right, and you're I remember pregnant,
1: so it changes what you can intake completely. Exactly,
0: and I remember I went to a movie with my husband and my mom, and we saw House of Gucci, uh, father son, uh, Holy Gucci. Um, and <laughs> I remember being like, it can, it like progressively was getting worse and worse and worse, and I started seeing the black like it was slowly coming up above the eyes, right where you feel like you're drowning, yeah. and then you're like, well, I'll have a sprite because. Maybe the sugar. Maybe I'm lacking sugar. Sh- like you think of all the things. And I got home and I just sat in that shower and I had the shower like at the like hardest thing possible hitting the back of my nerves of my neck. And I just started throwing up. And I was like, finally, I feel like relief. So I I, I just, I can't even imagine like, and then it's so frustrating when people don't understand what that feeling is like to explain it. Yeah.
1: you You get to this point where, You've gone through so many things, and everyone is well intended and wants to help. Sure, of course. And then you're eventually you're just like, like you'll meet someone for the time and they're like, have you tried aspirin? And you're just like, you know, like, you're like wow. asking an astronaut if they tried jumping to the moon. Yes. you're like, well, I, yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. I've tried jumping, but I didn't get very close. Yeah, and yeah. I don't even mean yeah. it in a way to be short with them. No, or of course anything, because everyone is well intended, but it's a, uh, it's a lot, lot. It's just a long, long, long. You know, like. Finally, eventually got this, it's called microvascular decompression surgery where they carve in my back of my head. I got a huge scar now. And they put these, like, spacers around the busted nerve to help it from exploding into the arteries. Wow. And um, deaden something on my brain stem. And the way, if you picture it as, like, a downed power line, uh-huh. this would be essentially, like, hooking it to the ground so it can't flail around.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so
1: you then then like also trying to deaden it where it's on the telephone pole or whatever (sighs) and that worked and it felt like this full relief for a while and like a life-changing thing and then you felt the pain after about six months eight months (gasps) sort of showing back up and it was uh, um, sadder than when it just was around there was just something about being on the other side
0: Right. Did they think at that point that it was almost psychological that it came back or did they, they think?
1: There was a chance that it, that the surgery could have been temporary. There's a chance the surgery might not work. There's a chance that it sure. might work for a year. Some people it works forever. Um, it's not the most common surgery, so the sample size is not a million. And I was lucky enough to have the doctor who developed it do it.
0: Wow, you did.
1: And. I got very lucky with where I'm at and what was going on. I went into USC. They're like, yes, I know what this is. Yes, I can work on this. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, they Their expectations were that you don't know how right. long. Right. And right. now that it's this pain has returned, I go and I get the MRIs. And they're like, well, it looks fixed. Like physically on the MRI, they're like, "Sure, well, that's what we can have done we have.
0: Right. Right.
1: And you're just like, oh, maybe my brain is just tricked itself into being broken forever. Wow. we don't know anything about this shit in our head. Like <laughs> we, don't, we, we have no, no idea. We used to just poke people at it until they calm down. Like we have no idea what's going on in there.
0: Completely. And I think it's really interesting. And one of the main reasons why like I wanted to catch up and I wanted to hear about this story because I think it's so fascinating, but it, I, I love talking about the brain. I think that there is nothing yeah. more exciting to talk about, um, and maybe you're like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But but the reason why I like to talk about it is because I live with bipolar disorder. I'm very open. I talk about this all the time, too much. But you can't physically see it, right? You can't. Right. You can't see it. And there is a story that I went in uh, when I before I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I like I said have these chronic migraines, and I used to get numbness on one side of my body. And there was a point when I was. I think, I don't know, 17 years old or something. And I got completely numb on the left side of my body, the whole thing. I had this migraine. And my mom was like, I've never seen you like this and seen it this bad. She thought I was having a stroke um, or some sort of brain, like possible, like brain aneurysm, no idea. Rushed me to the hospital. The hospital gave me some medication she went to go shut the door because she didn't even lock the front door. And we had dogs in the house. She's like, I'll be right back while they were checking me in. And this hospital had given me whatever you give to someone who's like overdosing on ecstasy. That's what they had given me basically like huh. the anti, yeah. because they were convinced that I was a 17 year old girl that had gone out and wanted to party and didn't tell my parents. Um, so I, <laughs> so there was a lot of, a lot of issues there, but and I had to have a brain scan when I was in there because they needed to make sure. And, you know, truth be told, I have never done drugs because of this reason. Cause I'm so afraid of, of lack of control. I'm just such a control freak. Um, And I was like, it was like a scene out of a movie. I was ripping things out of my arms. Like blood was everywhere. I had convinced myself that my mom had died in a car accident on the way to go get the dogs. And I was going to be there alone. And my dad had just left the family. And I was like, I'm not going to have anyone. I'm an orphan. Like all within 20 minutes, like this all happened. Um, And I was like, wow, it's so crazy how medication and how just the brain in general can take such a dive. Right. And no one believed me. No one believed me. Yeah. And it turned out, guess what? It was just a, a manic episode that I was having. It was a part of the bipolar disorder and it showed up physically as a migraine and it showed up as numbness, almost as if it was a stroke. And, but but no one, why would anyone believe you?
1: You know? We don't, we know not, the, there is just a point with the brain where even the doctors who study carving into the brain go, I don't know, and then that's, then it's sort of there. Yeah. Like it's, it's, It is, I think, a lot. Do you know Rory Scovel? He's a very funny stand-up comedian. He has this joke about how, like, there's things that we don't – there's things that we just don't know. We get to the end of what we know about them. He's like, you'll talk to someone about concrete, and they'll be like, well, (laughs) it's wet, and then it's dry, and then it's everything forever. And you're like, well, what do you mean?
0: And they're like, Well, it's in the truck. And you're like,
1: you're not explaining it to me. It's in the truck. Or, like, you talk to, like, record player people. And they're like, well, the needle digs the song out of a groove. And you're like, do you fucking hear yourself? The song is in a groove. And it's like, that's how I feel like when people are talking about the brain, they're like, well, the spurts release this, and it just splatters on there. So right. then you don't kill people for fun, right? And you're like, right. Jesus Christ,
0: right, right, right. I know it's it's fucking like out of control. It's wild. And so yeah. one of my my nearest and dearest, and he's a co host on the show. Sometimes he comes on and answer questions. Um, he's a neuroscientist, and he studies right now. His like specialty is addiction. He lives with bipolar disorder too, and he's like, you realize that we know absolutely nothing about the brain. Like we study it all day long. We know nothing yeah. in the grand scheme of things. So anyone that tells you they know something, he's like, they don't know shit, you know? And-
1: I mean, I don't even think the left brain, right brain thing is real. And we no. believed that like it was the food pyramid until last year. <laughs> yeah. We were like, yeah, eight eight servings of bread. Yeah. yeah, if you if you have a left brain, you make art. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> totally, totally. We, don't, we
1: poked we literally just poked housewives until like 1980 yes yes <laughs> we just poked them in the brain <laughs>
0: just to see what would happen yeah no just I know. to see and
1: i mean that's not super different than like chemical releases from medication no. which are generally made for like a, a positive thing because no. you're just changing what spurts around on your brain and make. and then it, it is wild so maybe my brain has convinced itself it's going to be hurt forever i am in uh c- chronic pain support groups okay wow And I'm in them in one of them with someone who has a uh, um, uh, phantom limb where they just think their leg is there they're missing their leg from the knee down and their foot hurts all the time and you're like oh yeah we don't know what's going on what? <laughs> you're like oh your brain thinks your foot is still there and he's like it itches and it hurts all day it itches all day and it's not there
0: Kyle, I cannot even wrap my head around this right now. To me, like,
1: Phantom Limb was just a, the Shin song until I got in this group. <laughs> and now, yeah, he's just my footages. And it's <laughs> impossible to describe. To scratch. And
0: I'm like, it's impossible it's, to
1: scratch. You can't scratch it. He's like, sometimes I scratch where it is and I feel it. But it is, you, someone describing Phantom Limb and that being real, you're like, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> this guy feels a foot.
0: Do you ever sit in this, in this chronic pain group and go what the fuck am I doing in here?
1: These people are all crazy because I, am, I think that I way sometimes. I am so much younger than everyone.
0: <laughs> well, I am so I'm I'm sure you're so much younger, you. but, but I always think like, it, like oh my God, I've been in support groups where I'm like, these people are fucking crazy. But then they see shit and I'm like, well, I think that too. So if they're saying that, then I must right, be insane. Right, right.
1: I, everyone in this group is the age of, we own a bunch of wooden armoires. That's how I would describe <laughs> right. everyone in the support group. I have had a very complicated relationship with the support group because I, I am, and I mean this in a kind of a funny and kind of a serious yeah. way, hard to follow.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're um, a hard act. I know.
1: Because they are aware of the pain that, so there was someone in the support group who had trigeminal neuralgia who committed suicide. And this was maybe a month before I joined. Wow. So I joined the group and I said, I have this. And people were like gasping, like a ghost had joined. <gasps> And I think the person yeah. was, like, a, uh, it was a guy in his 40s, maybe, like, 10 years older than me. Sure, sure. And uh, so they just have a tough relationship with that.
0: Right, right. And
1: they're all very aware of what the disease is. And they're all very aware of, like, the pain level that it causes. And I think they feel a great deal of guilt talking about back pain. Right. And I don't want them to.
0: No, yeah, I know. Because but...
1: I, but I think they really, truly, uh, you know, pain and... Health are not a competition. No. But they are, I think, seeing someone in their 3rd I'm actually, there's no one in under 60 except me. And so a lot of, seeing someone in their 30s, I think, is a little bit devastating to them. Sure, sure. And I think that knowing what I have and what happened to someone that they all knew for a couple years. Sure. I feel a little bit like a little bomb. And I'm just like, well, the wind hurt today. Um, which stinks because it's you know out there. Yeah, yeah. And I try and have fun, and, and you they don't try want, to like- make
0: them. Do, I mean, but honestly, you probably bring so much joy to their life. Maybe. Yeah, the but ones you capable do of it, yes. Because you know what, like whether you're trying or not, like you're really fucking funny, and I feel like. That is your gift, you know, I, if I may tell you what your gift is. Um, you know, your gift is bringing joy and bringing humor to people into a really shitty situation. And, like, they may feel like, oh, fuck, this is so stupid that I'm talking about my back and, like, I should be reading that book. What's that book that Howard Stern always talks about? The motorcycle. Um,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, The Zen and the Art of Motorcycle. The Zen
0: and the Art of Motorcycle. You're like, here, yeah. you read this book. That will help you, you know. Um, but... You know, maybe like you were brought there for a reason. Maybe they needed that healing from the trauma of the guy who, you know, took his own life. You know, who knows? Maybe. Maybe there's something weird weird there. Like it's a weird thing to like get into, you know? Uh, How has your family reacted
1: to it? Quiet guilt, probably. Yeah, My family's never been to Los Angeles, my parents. What? And they're not big travelers. I mean, when you live in Missouri, why do you need to go anywhere else? Sure. And, you know, uh, Branson's a drive away. What is Disney? And so <laughs> – <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think um, just guilt and just yeah. tough being far away and, and being like, all right, I'm going to go get carve into my brain. And then they broke my face removing the anesthesia tube once. So I had to have a, a – what's it called? The – I had it. they had to get a uh deviated septum surgery.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: In what I will call the funniest Hollywood thing that has ever happened to me. Wait, you a got a Hollywood free guy. nose job? Yes, that's exactly that what is they, they so were like. Rich. Look, just so you know, they were like, we can we people will come in here and they will try and deviate their own septum to get insurance covered nose jobs. And <laughs> they were just like, so we can I, I like my nose. Yeah. I think it's fine. I it's think gorgeous. Okay job. Um so I was like, my, it's fine as is. And then afterwards, I was—it was a little crooked because the bone was wrong, yeah. and I was like, "They fucked up my nose." What, what am I talking about? Have if you you've seen what stand-up comedians look like? It's not—they don't care. Okay. And so, but it was so—the doctors were just like, um, wow. "If you have any noses, like any reshaping you'd like done," and I was like, "No." And they're like, people will really bust their own face to get an insurance nose job.
0: Reed. That is insane. I have never, okay, coming from someone who I'm going to tell, be very open, I've had two nose jobs and not like nose jobs touched like this part of my nose. I broke my nose, I think maybe five or seven times since I was a kid. And if you watch me when I was like a really young kid actor, my nose was completely on the other side of my face because when I went through puberty, it started growing crooked. So, I mean, you can't see now, but you can feel the whole thing is like completely busted. I've had surgeries They're like, there's nothing we can do about it. We can't, we can't realign it. It's been in like 20 knots. It's a mess. They are expensive. And like, like, I don't, I, but I can't imagine wanting to break your own nose for a nose job because it is so painful breaking your nose and I've never been so scared to go under as I did with, with my nose. Anyways, so that's just, like, wild to me that people would and actually get want when you under
1: your nose, they're like, uh, hey, you've been here an hour. Get out of here. Like, they want to send yes. you home so fast. Yes. I, I yes. got sent home from that, and I started throwing up in the car. My brother did come out to help take care of me after that, and he's in his Oof. 20s. So he was like driving me home, having never been in L.A., driving from downtown to Atwater Village. And he's just like losing his mind. I'm like, you need to pull over. And so I'm just like throwing up and you throw up when you have nose surgery. It just is.
0: Oh, it's the worst. No, when you throw up with a nose surgery, it is the absolute worst.
1: It it really is. It's like you. I, I feel like I lost hot ones. Yes. Like the whole time I'm like, am I? <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm one of these, I, I couldn't handle a wing. No. But it's like out your eye holes. No, and your nose- it's
0: crazy. And here's the thing. What's so crazy is I was 15 when I had to have my first surgery. And I still remember that at 36 years old. I still remember like that feeling of like throwing up with the like tampons, yeah. like, like shoved up your nose or whatever that stuff is they put yeah. up there. And I'm just like, Oh, it was the worst.
1: It is also one of the only ways to get uh, tampons covered by insurance. That's very true. <laughs> That's, <laughs> very true. That's very true. very <laughs> true. Sure, we, you know, maybe we just break our nose and like, it's going to be broken for eight months.
0: Sorry, it's mind. happening.
1: Like, it's happening. Uh,
0: okay, so um, I think the yeah. like the big question that I have is, it's not even a big question, but I'm saying it's a big question. But it's something that people have talked about when we talk about like chronic pain and we talk about like mental health issues in general. It's like, how do you move forward with relationships like personal relationships whether that be you know with like partner or what whatnot even just like friendships it is, is how, how did you manage it's that hard.
1: yeah I leave stuff a lot early um I just kind of have to set expectations with people and be like I don't know like my head might ex
0: right it might explode yeah
1: it's been helpful to be more open about it yeah and uh it's been Difficult. I've been going back through and like re piecing together time. My linear timeline is really bad. Um, I mean, everyone's is from COVID. Yeah. And, but I'm piecing together like 2016, 17, 18. Where was I? Who was I around? What where was I living? What, what was going on? Uh, uh, everything's very gray. Um, to me, the m- thing is sort of like you've thrown everything at it and it didn't work. Yeah. But it's still tomorrow now. Movies end with someone just sort of like looking out like, well, fuck, what now? And that's yeah. how I feel. Hmm. And it's just sort of like, I guess I just kind of stare over there. What Like, what do you do when it doesn't work? You expect it to work. It did work for a little bit. You can't get 80 brain surgeries. I'm a million dollars in debt. I mean, at this point, it's so much debt that you're just like, all right, just give me everyone's debt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, I'll, I'll take just that, take guys. it all. I'll just take uh, it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, a million, okay. And
0: insurance doesn't take care of
1: it. It covered a lot of things, but it doesn't cover, like, aesthetic treatment. It doesn't cover... I had a uh, um, scar, and you might be able to see it a little bit. looked like a swastika. So I had to get laser treatment. Because, you know, I can't look like this and have that. People will assume it's like a January six degrees of separation is what I call it. And so I had to get that covered. Like, they tied me down so I wouldn't move, face down. And so I have like little like eight dots on my forehead that sort of scarred together with the stitching to look a little bit like, like enough, like a swastika that it looks like I got a tattoo removed. That is crazy. And worst case, I look like I, I, I'm way too late to Manson. You know what I mean? Like that's worst case. (laughs) And so I asked to get it fixed and they were like, we don't cover that. And they're like, we don't cover this. And they're also like, you've exceeded your visits. And it's just, I am, I'm in debt for the rest of my life for this. And. California is the best place for it. That's the crazy. This is maybe really? so aware of the rest of the country. California is like America's Denmark with healthcare. Yeah. And I am in. So like if I, if I moved somewhere else, they would just like laugh at you. Yeah. Right. It is. I mean, and I've looked because it, you know, I think a small. Everyone looks at what, maybe I'll just go live in the desert. Sure. And, um, It's the best here, and it's still, like, I will just forever be in debt. So I'm just, at this point, it's also harder for me to get treatment because my insurance has changed.
0: Yeah. What would you say is, like, the next step for you? I know this sounds, like, crazy and and. You know, I'm sure people have all said this, but have you ever, I mean, I'm sure you have, but do you practice something that I practice that helped my mental health, which is very different than your physical health, but something was transcendental meditation um, that helped me significantly um, with managing my highs and my lows and my,
1: I have uh taken from meditation attempts, breath work. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine, Mike Kaplan, who's a very, very funny comedian and is is very, very mentally and philosophically in tune. I would say he's like as close to self-actualized as a stand-up comedian legally could be. Right. I love that. Um, before they're not allowed. Like, I, everything for me for self-actualization is on a scale of like uh, uh, the peak being Jack Black. And of like, you just are kind you kind of know, understand what your place is, and yeah. you are great about that. But Mike has, has helped me out with like sharing books and things that have helped me. I, I can't, I don't do a good job with meditation, but I don't know if you can do a bad job with it. So that's a no, thing. No, but I'm the like reason why like...
0: I say transcendental, like specifically TM, mm-hmm. is because. I feel we're very similar in the sense where we have a lot going on in our head, a lot going on in our mind. It's a very busy mind. Lots of things are going in, lots of things are going out. And with transcendental meditation, I think what I found to be really cool about it, like I had a hard time with yoga, I had a hard time with breath work, all that stuff, was that you can still have your thoughts be super active. They just flow Mm -hmm. in and out. Like you don't sit there and go, oh, I need peace and quiet. Like, my husband does- You are just
1: worry you're bad at all of the stuff people are telling you to share. Like, like no one's even here. But I'm you know alone what? and I'm bad at something.
0: I am basically bad at everything. Like, I'm like, the, but I'm the best that I can be for myself. And like, I yeah. see that I feel better, you know, when I do it. Like, and so it's like, yeah, I might not be as great. I can't sit for 20 minutes at a shot like you're supposed to. But like, I'll get five minutes here. I'll get 10 minutes there. Sure. And it's enough- to take the edge off of the mental breakdown that I'm going to have, you know, and I'm not saying that it's going to work for you, but I'm just saying that it was something that, that helps a lot. And I, and you know, I realized I, I, the woman that taught me was so amazing and I will totally give you her info. Um, she was really dope, but, um, you know, she's, you know, worked with Jerry Seinfeld and worked with, you know, Ringo Starr and like all these people. And it's because sure. they're all such creative people. They got so much shit going on upstairs, you know, and yeah. they're able to kind of just let it like live in a different space, if you will. Like I'm being theta, you know, and yeah, it doesn't cure anything, but it just like can help for a few minutes. And I think like a few minutes, like for me at least, is enough to get me through the rest of the day. It's enough to like help me out.
1: I mean, I, I find small things to try and cling to. And I yeah. don't mean that in a bad way. Like it's No, I think it's a I've
0: great really thing. I've really been
1: trying to make sure I completely breathe. i watched some dumb YouTube video about how most people don't breathe in all the way so their lungs deteriorate uh, because <sighs> air doesn't get to the bottom of their lungs. And it's just this doctor talking like, you know, if you don't put air there, they just get worse. And if you put air there... Your body s- heals faster because wow. it's able to move blood or blah, blah, blah. So I'm just like, man, I guess I could just breathe. I One of the more um upsetting conclusions I've come to, once I – I have given up a few times. Yeah. And you find uh, that when you give up, when I really, really would try to get down to why, sometimes it would be like, well, because – I'm going to feel stupid if the answer was right there this whole time. I'm going to be like, why didn't I do this? Yeah. And I just got to get over that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I just like, like, I'm like, well, shit, if this was the answer the whole time, you know, when someone's like, make your bed and you'll feel better and you're just like, or like the easiest example to me is yeah. exercise. Get the tiniest amount of exercise in and you'll feel infinitely better. I have a friend who's a personal trainer who I've known since college who was like, Moving the moving ten percent more is a million times better for you, and then moving it's better for you than moving a thousand times. Like he's just like the littlest amount, the foot in the door of exercise is so infinitely helpful. Yeah, you don't have to think in terms of now I'll be a bodybuilder. He's like doing something, and a part of me has had a hard time getting over the oh that's right I could have done this shit the whole time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I get mad at myself. I'm like, well, if the answer was this easy thing, this whole time then it's on me and it's like yeah some of it is yeah and i gotta just do it and you gotta just do it
0: have you met other people who have td
1: i have um performed at a fundraiser for trigeminal neuralgia Mm -hmm. um poorly nick poorly abbreviated tn because it's a state of tennessee i think it's oh tn
0: it's not td Um, i don't know why i said no
1: it does not because trigeminal disease sounds like a trigeminal disorder it's all uh it is unfortunate that I tell people Google suicide disease, but that's easier to remember. It's
0: easy. It, listen, uh, it gets—it's the point, right?
1: I have made jokes about how it sounds like a four loco for divorcees. <laughs> and I'm like, look, divorce dads just drink a suicide disease and drive home. But it, uh, I, I did a fundraiser in Chicago for for research and development, and I met a lot of uh doctors, and neuroscientists, and. neuro everythings and sure I also met a lot of people with it and it once again it's me in a room of 60 year old women
0: right right
1: almost like overwhelmingly and it it made me feel better and worse I met some people who I met this was right after I'd had the surgery and it was still I was
0: fresh it was fresh
1: yes and um my surgery was in May this was in October so it was like right, right then um like I fresh enough, I couldn't like wear hats because the scar was so fresh. Right, and I'm meeting these people who are like, you know, we. I've lived with this for 15, 20 years. I just got the surgery. This is my husband. We'd agreed if the surgery didn't work, I knew how I was going to finish it. Like they were just like, I had a plan. They're like, my kids, my grandkids of all are all out of college. I'm, I was ready to be done if the surgery didn't work. And the, I mean, tons of people that were this, this practical and isn't practical like this
0: yeah I normally mean, normal yeah. about it
1: like we'd figured it all out we knew how i was gonna it was go. just
0: matter of fact
1: yeah that matter of fact that's exactly yeah. what it is and it was three or four people that i met who were just like one was like i've got the surgery coming up and if it doesn't work well you know i'm feeling okay about that and we'll figure it out like very much like that is unfortunate and a thing that creeps in with this sure. disease is like a well this is an impractical way to live day to day the quality of life is, is, can, can get too non-existent. And it was, I met a lot of people who are like, my affairs are in order. Hmm. That's right. the best way to right. put it. Right,
0: right, right. That's a great way to put um, it. Yeah.
1: So it made me feel sad. <laughs> it made me, I not And did don't they know, get okay all
0: diagnosed to- when they were older as well? Or were they young? When a they lot of started- people
1: get diagnosed when they're older. Um, and a lot of people, it, it's a new enough diagnosis it's new enough thing that a lot of people didn't ever get like it They're like, well, I lived with this thing for 20 years and I have learned that I have been this disease yeah, and the inability to diagnosis, diagnosis and the uh, lack of taking it seriously and the pain, not taking the pain seriously by doctors for a long time. I have called, uh, oh, just kind of what it is to be a woman at the doctor. Like women will just have heart attacks at home sometimes. Yeah. And men will go into the doctor with gas and say that they got shot.
0: Yes. Yes. Like. And 100%. So I met all these women
1: who were like, doctors didn't take me seriously. They told me it was menopausal pain. They told me it was like PMSing. They t- it Turns out it is the worst disease. Like, and that's how I've been like, you know, I've I've very much become aware of the 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 gender discrepancy in the treatment at doctors because I'm like, if how I am with the worst disease is how like being a woman generally is all of the <laughs> yeah. time, you're like, fuck, it is insane,
0: right? And have you since you've been talking about it? Since you know articles have been written, you're you know doing stand up and talking about this. You met? Uh, or do you think that there are other people who are your age that maybe have are going that have reached out or that you have heard that are out there? Like, is there any sort of camaraderie? I have met a
1: lot of people, at least remotely, right? From posting about it on Instagram and things like that. Um, I have met a lot of people who were like, my mother or father lived with this forever and they're gone. Or I've met a lot of, um, what sort of the other side of the coin of like the, uh, women aren't taken seriously at the doctor, which is like a very true, insane thing. Yeah. Is men don't go. And it's- I've met a lot of like, not a lot, but like three or four, like 60, 70 year old men who are like, yeah, I have this and, it sucks, but I don't can't talk to anyone about it. I don't want people to treat me different. I don't want any of this. So I've had, it's just been a lot of like, this is invisible and debilitating and I'm embarrassed.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And I get that from, you know, all ages and all sorts of anybody. One of the first times I went and did something after I had a surgery where I got this scar on my forehead, I went and got coffee and someone goes, what's that on your head? And I was like, so self-conscious. This is a guy working at the coffee place. I was so, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to be self-conscious about this forever.
0: Yeah. Well, also, like, how ballsy of him to ask. I would never ask
1: Wild. Wild. Someone wild. (laughs) I I sort of joke, when I first woke up from the microvascular decompression surgery, in my room, I don't know where I am. Yeah. I don't know. The fuck is going on in my room there's a a a guy who's drawing on a dry erase board and talking to me and he ends up being like a physical rehabilitation doctor at usc to help me get my balance back they've carved into my brain stem that blah blah and he has no hands and i'm like i'm just like someone please say something about the no hands you know (laughs) but i'm not someone who would be like you know hey know. where are they you know what i mean or something like, i'm yeah. at this point i'm just like david lynch dir- is directing my dad 100%. like this is purgatory. and purgatory is a commercial for my pillow while this guy with no hands puts on gloves and eventually he <laughs> he came up to me and he was like asking me to do all these ba- and then he goes all right how many fingers am i holding up and i'm what? just like i like start to lose my mind he's like i'm just kidding i don't have any hands and i'm like jesus fucking oh. like i'm like <laughs> Is this the funniest man in the world? This is the funniest person who's I'm ever existed. I'm obsessed with him.
0: On. Where is um, he? Let's get him a I, show. I have no
1: idea. Dude, it was, I. It because you're just like, you got to say something to me. I just woke up from surgery.
0: Yeah, yeah. Please. Oh, my God. I gosh. think I'm dead.
1: You Right. But just the, it was the funniest anyone ever been. I, I I laughed. I was just like.
0: Oh, my God. I love I could him.
1: If I anything right now, I'd laugh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Now, Kyle, what do you think is the next step, I don't mean physically for for your brain. I mean in the sense of like what's the next step or goal that you have to kind of, I don't know, do you want to talk more about this, That we, what you live with? Do you hope to meet more people? Do you hope to be the poster boy of?
1: Uh, I'll tell some jokes about it. I don't really want to be the trigeminal neuralgia guy. I, I, I'm doing a show in, in a week from today when we're recording this about – just about the brain stuff in LA. And really all I've gotten from writing it out is this isn't the type of comedy I want to do. Wow. I like talking about it, but like, I wish I wasn't. Yeah. Not that the show is a burden that I don't want to do because I'm making it so jokey. I think people are uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) I'll probably love it.
1: (laughs) It's tough to wedge into a, like an eight minute set at a club. Like Here's a joke. Oh, while well, I've got you guys, I was dead for 45 seconds last right. year. You right. know what I mean? People right. are like, what the fuck? Right. Right. Um, but I've been working this out and working this out. And th- my my, take, my takeaways are like, I, I, I don't think I want to be like the guy with this thing. I, yeah. I love being a resource if people want to reach out to me and sure. ask what I've been through and what has happened. Um, I am oh, more of a fan of talking about how everyone's got a thing Yeah. that you can't see. My two biggest takeaways from all of it are that. Where it's like the amount of people I've met who are like, I don't have that, but I have this and no one can see it. Or I work yeah. with this every day and you can't like this. And that's been my biggest takeaway is like I'm more patient. I don't – if someone cuts you in line at the airport, I don't know what is going on with them.
0: Yeah. Some,
1: with the exception of like uh someone in a Tesla on an on-ramp, <laughs> I'm very patient with everybody now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. with that one distinct exception because that's the robot. But I, I, you don't know. I don't know. I Sometimes I, I, I meet someone and then later the night I'm like, I was fucking, they probably think I'm insane because I'm jerking my face around quietly yeah, and yeah. not talking. Yeah. I make bad first impressions. Yeah. And, but you don't know.
0: I actually disagree with what's that. What's going on. You made a great first I mean, impression when we met. Like you were
1: like really, really fun. It's a little different really fun. sometimes than like. Yeah, but I... But I get what you're saying. Yeah, I just don't... I, I'm very, very, like, I don't know what's going on with that person. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with them. It doesn't have to be, like, someone talking to themselves on the street for you to think someone's, like, in, having a problem. No,
0: 100%. And you know what? That's what I, I feel... I'm so happy that you're saying that because I feel so aligned with that of, you know... People will say, oh my God, like everything's like, you have such a happy family. Like everything looks so great. Like people didn't know, like I, until I talked about it on this podcast, but I mean like in my real life, but people that I meet don't listen to my podcast, you know, so they don't hear the story. Like I had like some traumatic shit that happened to me at birth. Like I lost a lot of blood. Like I thought I'd have to have, um, a transfusion, like, I didn't know what was going on. I was in the hospital ten days postpartum, like with unknown diseases around me. They said, and my baby couldn't go inside the hospital, like like some crazy shit, you know. And like everyone's like, "Oh my god, you have such a like happy like baby and a happy life," and I'm like, "I love that you think that like, but it's fucking tough,
1: you know." Right? And- no, no, no. I'm just not posting big elaborate. Instagram slideshows about negative things to bum you out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, do I still have like manic episodes? Like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? But you wouldn't know that if you were in my mommy and me class, you know? Um, And I think that that's what I love is you just understanding and having patience and understanding that someone might be going through something fucking crazy and gnarly that you don't know about.
1: And you really don't know what is – because sometimes I'm like – I'm so on the edge of something. Yeah. And then still doing normal stuff. Yeah. And you just – I got to just exit this. I don't know. Is, everyone is like carrying – I don't know a single person who's not – like if you're going around just fine, something's real wrong. Like if you are <laughs> – if everything is fine, I think you are two therapy sessions away from realizing your parents, you're adopted and they didn't tell you or something <laughs> like insane.
0: Like <laughs> – can I tell you, I completely agree with you. Like I was at this 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 party this weekend and it was my first time out in a long time where I was around people that I didn't know. And we knew like maybe two couples at this party which ended up being like like 50 to 100 people. I'm bad with numbers, but it was a lot of people. And like the anxiety that I had where I was like, I feel like I'm going to say something so inappropriate to these strangers because I just don't know what else to say. And I was yeah. like blacking out. I was seeing things. I was like saying weird things to like my husband. And he's like, Looking at me, I'm like, I I don't drink. Like, so I can't like drink to like cover it up. Like, that doesn't do it for me. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, is anyone else feeling this right now? Because this is like so much pressure. Like, it just felt like pressure. And it's like, I'm sure that there were a bunch of other people there, including someone that I didn't know who just left because they were over dealing with the anxiety of talking to strangers. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I wish I did that, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And you forget about that. So I think that that's really cool. Is there anything yeah. for someone who's out there who's living with chronic pain or surrounded by it or whatnot, like maybe something they could do or something if it's someone else in their life that they could do to support, let's I say. I do think
1: that, I think being circa chronic pain is also an exhausting thing. Mm. Um, I know that I was exhausting and a drain on people. And I don't even mean that in like, oh, this guy's a fucking drain. I mean, like, it is exhausting. Yeah. It is, when someone has chronic pain, it is hard for them to make room for you to have feelings. Because yeah. if you are around someone with chronic pain, you feel guilty feeling bad or right. being tired of them right. or something like that. It, it's, it, you like, someone has something going on they can't help. You feel bad if it's affecting you negatively. Sure, sure. And so if people are like around people with this, I think. I would like to let them know it's okay to be tired of it you're not mad at the person
0: yeah yeah
1: you're mad at the it's, it's like fucking it follows or something
0: right you're mad at the disease like you're just
1: like you're mad at the disease it is exhausting for people around it yeah. and I think that it is um un, people are unfair to themselves in not yeah. allowing themselves to, to to feel tired or exhausted you know you're taking care of someone with a disability or you're have someone around you in your life all the time with disability. It's okay to just be like,
0: it's okay to be frustrated. I'm
1: also tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
1: They hope if, and if the person who, who has an ailment is offended by that, then they need to get over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's, there are a lot of good resources and talking about it has helped me. You find a lot of weird people online with stuff going on. Um, I think that there's a little bit of a, hesitancy to talk about stuff the older you are the more of a hesitancy some people who are who are young i think maybe benefit from the hesitancy um but like like people who are older like very very uh why what are we bottling this stuff on on top of it all you're going to stress yourself into a heart attack when you're 45
0: yeah yeah
1: you know i don't know um i'm unfortunately not there are people smarter than me that can be better resources but i just am uh
0: well, I'm here. I'm telling you, it. you're here to bring joy. Kyle, I'm going to ask my 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 final question that I ask everyone. What is your emotional support?
1: Well, I do have this support like a literal support group. You do. I know it sounds crazy. I'm 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 very uh, uh, I don't attend as frequently as I can or, or frequently as I used to. But it's nice to just be like. To be able to completely vent to people who I don't feel like I'm taxing on them. Yeah. And there's a ton of people in my life who let me vent to them all day, every day. But it's almost unfair to them to be like, I need you to take all this on today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you could, you, you know, I, I have had a good time with this uh, a group of old folks on. It's been nice to figure out their inputs every week. I taught them about virtual backgrounds. It's been a real day.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like you have the next sitcom written, like, ready to go about this support group. It sounds like a really good
1: time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's been interesting, and, and and it's very emotional, whether positive or negative, every yeah. single week. Um, but I've enjoyed writing jokes about it it's been helpful for me like however you talk and whatever your outlet is to apply that and understand that it's fine then that that's been helpful for me to like joke about it right too. Uh, i didn't do i didn't make any jokes about it for like a year wow like after the surgery so i was like six years of this pain without and i'm up like i'm not a very earnest or, or vulnerable person on stage right so it's been like a very tough thing where i'm sort of like
0: but I'm sure that we you're it, getting a better response, right? People are really loving it.
1: After shows, people come up to me, they really get excited about this and that and this and that. And I and I even do a thing that I don't like when people do where I think I call it like self-handicapping where I'm like, look, this is this. Look, I'm about to be earnest. So you're like, you're like undercutting yourself. That yeah. way if it doesn't go well, you can be like, Well, I told you guys that I didn't care that much, you know, yeah. how people are, how pretty much everyone but musicians are. Yeah. And musicians can just be earnest and be like, this is a thing. And I'm like, holy shit, how could you ever be done with a song?
0: Right, right, and, right.
1: Um, so it's been nice. It's been a good experience of meeting people.
0: I love that. And I think that from from my, my opinion, which means nothing, but I'll say it, is because um, I can because it's my show, um, is that yeah, yeah, whenever yeah. I see comedians who then are very open, whether it be about their sexuality, how they identify, how they are dealing with their emotional health, whether they talk about suicide or mental illness. When that moment of vulnerability comes, I find them to be funnier. I find them to be more endearing. And I find more of a connection to a stranger that I never thought I would have a connection with. So by you opening up I, I truly believe you are going to be touching so many lives, whether you want to hear it or not. Like you will, like because
1: you, know, you will. Uh, we'll get back to puns in a couple of years. Yeah,
0: yeah. So keep keep up the good <laughs> work, Kyle. will uh, always be there. <laughs> well, thank you so much.